Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The desk in order to tell Lady Blakeney all about it. She made out a copy of her father's letter and put that in with her own and begged dear Lady Blakeney to see Lady Fawkes forthwith and tell her all that had happened. She herself was expecting her father every minute, and Milord Tony had gone as far as the gate to see if the barouche was in sight. Half an hour later, Monsieur de Kernigan had arrived and his daughter lay in his arms, happy beyond the dreams of men. He looked rather tired and wan, and still complained that the cold had got into his bones. Evidently, he was not very well, and Yvonne, after the excitement of the meeting, felt not a little anxious about him. As the evening wore on, he became more and more silent. He hardly would eat anything, and soon after eight o'clock, he announced his desire to retire to bed. "'I am not ill,' he said as he kissed his daughter, and bade her a fond good-night. "'Only a little wearied, with emotion, no doubt. I shall be better after a night's rest.' He had been quite cordial with my lord Tony, though not effusive, which was only natural. He was at all times a very reserved man, and, unlike those of his race, never demonstrative in his manner. But with his daughter he had been singularly tender, with a wistful affection which almost suggested remorse, and even though it was she who, on his arrival, had knelt down before him and had begged for his blessing and his forgiveness. Part four. But the following morning he appeared to be really ill. His cheeks looked sunken, almost livid, his eyes dim and hollow. Nevertheless, he would not hear of staying on another day or so. No, no, he declared emphatically. I shall be better in Bath. It is more sheltered there. Here the north winds would drive me to my bed very quickly. I shall take a course of baths at once. They did me a great deal of good before, you remember, Yvonne. In September when I caught a chill they soon put me right that is all that ails me now I've caught a chill he did his best to reassure his daughter but she was far from satisfied more especially as he hardly would touch the cup of chocolate which she had prepared for him with her own hands I shall be quite myself again in Bath he declared and in a day or two when you can spare the time or when milor can spare you Perhaps you will drive over to see how the old father is getting on, eh? Indeed, she said firmly, I shall not allow you to go to Bath alone. If you will go, I shall accompany you. Nay, he protested, that is foolishness, my child. The barouche will take me back quite comfortably. It is less than two hours' drive, and I shall be quite safe and comfortable. 
you will be quite safe and comfortable in my company she retorted with a tender anxious glance at his pale face and the nervous tremor of his hands i have consulted with my dear husband and he has given his consent that i should accompany you but you can't leave milor like that my child he protested once more he will be lonely and miserable without you yes i think he will she said wistfully but he will be all the happier when you are well again and i can return to coomwich satisfied whereupon monsieur le duc yielded he kissed and thanked his daughter and seemed even relieved at the prospect of her company the barouche was ordered for eleven o'clock and a quarter of an hour before that time lord tony had his young wife in his arms bidding her a sad farewell i hate your going from me sweetheart he said as he kissed her eyes her hair her lips i cannot bear you out of my sight even for an hour let alone a couple of days yet i must go dear heart she retorted looking up with that sweet grave smile of hers into his eager young face i could not let him travel alone could i no no he assented somewhat dubiously but remember dear heart that you are infinitely precious and that i shall scarce live for sheer anxiety until i have you here safe once more in my arms i'll send you a courier this evening she rejoined as she extricated herself gently from his embrace and if i can come back to-morrow i'll ride over to bath in any case in the morning so that i may escort you back if you really can come i will come if i am reassured about father oh my dear lord she added with a wistful little sigh i knew yesterday morning that i was too happy and that something would happen to mar the perfect felicity of these last few days you are not seriously anxious about monsieur le duc's health dear heart no not seriously anxious farewell milor it is au revoir a few hours and we'll resume our dream part five there was nothing in all that to arouse my lord tony's suspicions all day he was miserable and forlorn because yvonne was not there but he was not suspicious fate had a blow in store for him from which he was destined never wholly to recover but she gave him no warning no premonition he spent the day in making up arrears of correspondence for he had a large private fortune to administer trust funds on behalf of brothers and sisters who were minors and he always did it conscientiously and to the best of his ability the last few days he had lived in a dream and there was an accumulation of business to go through in the evening he expected the promised courier who did not arrive but this was not the sort of disposition that would fret and fume because of a contretemps which might be attributable to the weather it had rained heavily since afternoon or to sundry trifling causes which he at coomwich ten or a dozen miles from bath could not estimate he had no suspicions even then how could he have how could he guess nevertheless when he ultimately went to bed it was with the firm resolve that he would in any case go over to bath in the morning and remain there until yvonne was able to come back with him coomwich without her was anyhow unendurable part six he started for bath at nine o'clock in the morning it was still raining hard it had rained all night and the roads were very muddy he started out without a groom a little after half-past ten he drew rein outside his house in chandos buildings 
and having changed his clothes he started to walk to laura place the rain had momentarily left off and a pale wintry sun peeped out through rolling banks of gray clouds he went round by way of saw close and the upper borough walls as he wanted to avoid the fashionable throng that crowded the neighborhood of the pump room and the baths his intention was to seek out the blakeneys at their residence in the circus after he had seen yvonne and obtained news of monsieur le duc he had no suspicions why should he have the abbey clock struck a quarter past eleven when finally he knocked at the house in laura place long afterwards he remembered how just at that moment a dense gray mist descended into the valley he had not noticed it before now he saw that it had enveloped this part of the city so that he could not even see clearly